my name is Tony Horton, and welcome to another episode of DCS Talks Podcast. I am joined today by three experienced foster parents, Anthony and Antoinette Johnson, as well as Miss Megan Templeton. Miss Templeton has been fostering for 10 years, and the Johnsons have been fostering for 21 years. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Our main topic for this episode is sharing the experiences your children have had in daycare and how foster families as a whole are impacted by early education facilities. Ms. Megan, we're going to start with you first. The health and safety of our children is the first priority for any proper caregiver. Emotional and developmental health plays a larger role with children in the child welfare system. So keeping that in mind, how have daycares prioritized your foster children's emotional and developmental needs? One thing that our provider has done when um, we have placed a child in their care is they do like a get to know me exercise to where the child will kind of make a collage, if you will, of who they are, what they like, what they dislike. And that's a really great way for the kids to um, kind of show their story to the providers. Um, they've also introduced themselves and gotten, you know, our history and made a, formed a relationship with us before we placed our child into their care. When playing get-to-know-you games, such as the one Megan just mentioned, or disclosing any information about the child, remember confidentiality should still be maintained. This ensures the child's privacy is protected. Avoid sharing sensitive information about their case or the family history. Keep activities focused on who the child is, their interests, and how they will best develop and learn. Okay, so I'm going to turn the question over to the Johnson family now. Antoinette, Anthony, how has your daycare prioritized your foster children's emotional and developmental needs? I would say our daycare prioritized our children's needs by how we prioritize our children. When we first brought them into daycare, they were infants. So we went over how we do our day-to-day -day routine with them, what they're comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with. And with that, uh, the daycare workers just piggybacked on that information. And if anything developed or they found that they no longer like to do a, they want to do B, then they will share that information with us. Every child that has entered your home has been unique and special in their own way. Their stories are different, what they have experienced, and their resiliency through these challenges are all unique. How do you ensure that your foster children's individual needs are being met at daycare? First and foremost, I like to have a relationship with the people caring for my kids, whether they're mine or they're my foster children. Um, having that relationship enables me to communicate thoroughly with them the needs. And we've had some really great providers that have been equally in tune with our children's emotional needs as we have been. Partly through uh, the sharing of information with the provider. Uh, some of our children, particularly our last child, was born with drugs in the system. And so there were certain issues that he had, particularly with being held in nursing bed. We passed that on to them to make sure that they would follow the same routine, as my wife said, that we do. Uh, and we remind them that our children are individuals that work for child 
number five than worker child number six. And they have been uh, amenable to making sure that they treat each child's needs individually. With caring for children who have trauma, we need the big picture developmental goals and setbacks. But oftentimes we also need the smaller day-to-day -day progressions as well. How does communication work between you and your daycare providers to keep both sides informed on progress or potential issues that arise? Prior to COVID, <laughs> we would actually go in every morning when we dropped the children off. And with COVID, uh, they developed an app that we are informed every day about updates on progression, needs, uh, or just information about the facility as a whole. And so they, they're able to share information with us, but we also use the same app to share information with them. It could be, hey, we're, running, we're stuck in a storm, we're running late, we'll be there soon, or uh, our son woke up not feeling well, can you keep an eye on him? And so we use that app as a way of communicating day-to-day -day needs. And then we also use verbal communication. We have a relationship with our particular daycare. We've been there for 16 years. So the workers are the same. So they're familiar with us, they're familiar with our children. So they're comfortable calling us and letting us know. And sometimes it's taking it extra out with our children. As you said, during the app they'll say, well, you know, um, Number five is feeling a little, a little, a little lethargical today. So we're going to let them lay down a little while longer, and we'll just keep you posted. And they'll do that, or they may say, you know, he didn't want to eat today, so a little concerned about that. And so that is because they feel so comfortable with us, they don't have a problem calling us or allowing us to call them. And we just, you know, we make sure that the child is the focal point. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with us. It's all about the children. So our workers believe that. They take their job seriously. Our daycare providers in the past have had um, their director be there as we're going into the building. And it's made it easy for us to communicate if we're having a hard day, if we're needing to leave early for a certain reason, and then also the teachers will meet us when we come into the room and we can communicate the same things as well as when you're picking up, they let you know how the child's been. And they're always super welcoming to us as far as us coming into the classroom and engaging with our child as a way of um, helping kind of regulate our child. In fostering, we need to be very intentional and proactive with watching for triggers, especially when they are predictable. For example, transitioning from home to daycare and vice versa can trigger some very big emotions. How have daycare staff supported your foster children's transition to and from daycare, especially when the children have experienced trauma or attachment issues? The daycares we've been involved with are very good as far as they're structured and routine. And they're coming in in the morning structure and they're leaving in the afternoon structure is very similar on a regular basis. And that has helped our kids be able to transition in and out in an easier manner, um, as well as welcoming us into the classroom to make sure the children are comfortable and secure before they get, get settled for the day. Uh, they have worked with us. Uh, I chuckle because uh, our baby daughter is about to transition from pre-K to kindergarten and there are people who we know that are struggling with that transition. Uh, some that I'm sitting next to, but also uh, her main teacher at school is struggling with that. And so on the, on the real scale, uh, 
some you know we've had children who have struggled with or have been traumatized by the weather, and so situations like this where it's stormy, they know what they need to do to help them transition in that moment, or, or to care for them in that moment where they uh, are feeling a certain kind of way, but also just transitioning from one grade to another. They work well with uh, developing relationships with the children. Mm-hmm. And so our children love their teachers. They they respect their authority. They respect their mm-hmm. uh, their 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 teaching. And so they've helped them to know that you know you leaving my room, going to another room is a good thing. Uh, and so they've helped them to do it that way as well. And as we spoke about the transition, they'll spend half a day in the new classroom versus the current classroom. And I say all the teachers mm-hmm. teach all the teachers parent and we keep them abreast of everything if there's a CFTM and they know about it. If we have a court hearing and they know about it. If the workers coming to visit that day, they know about it. So we don't, you know, hide their status. So the workers know and it helps them to become more familiar with the actual foster care system just by knowing what a CFTM is, uh, what a court hearing is, what a preliminary hearing is, why does the worker come out to see the child at daycare, and whatever we need them to do, they're there. Because they are invested in our child based on how we are invested in our child. We make the children our number one priority and they see it and they know it. So they parent like we parent. And let me add on that about the, the triggers. With the work with when the workers know, hey, we got a CFTM had one this morning or there was a court hearing this morning, they know then to look for predictable triggers. That there may be something that will cause the child to act a certain way today. And so that information helps them again to care for the child, particularly in that day and a couple of days that follow. In closing up this conversation, two more questions. First, how does it impact your family if a daycare disrupts a child from their facility? It is very hard because at last minute you're trying to rush around and find somewhere for that child to go or to stay. And it's adds another level of trauma to the child because their whole routine is now askew and they have to relearn how to trust again. A COVID prime example, uh, we had to find care, a caregiver, someone possibly that would be able to keep them during the day, uh, someone to take them, someone to pick them up because we were two totally different schedules. So, and then we'd have to decide who's gonna be home Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I take the morning shift, you take the afternoon shift. Okay, they can go over to the aunt's house. And even with that, some of the workers would volunteer to uh, keep our children when daycare was closed. In closing, how could daycares improve their trauma-based discipline strategies, or even more so, their trust-based relationships? For us, it's partly making sure that the workers are trained. Uh, we, we talk a lot to them about, and particularly the, 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 the director, about information about ACEs. You know, and so to make sure that she can pass that information on to her staff, but they can get training on being trauma-informed caregivers. Mm-hmm. And as they pass that information on to staff, then it helps them again to care for our children, particularly those that have been traumatized, even better. 
And it, you know, it boils down to the information, you know, communication and relationship. They trust us and we trust them. So when they have questions about, we've noticed something that is not usual. Is this because of ACEs? Is it because of something that happened? Did they have a visit with their parents? And then we can say yes or no, and so they know, okay, they had a visit yesterday, so today they may be a little, little quiet or maybe a little more rambunctious on today. So those are the two things. We keep communication and relationship. And any information that we have, we provide. If there's training, we let them know about the training. Uh, different events, we let them know about the events. So they can come out and meet other um, foster parents and meet other you know, DCS workers so that then too they can form a relationship and become more knowledgeable of actually how DCS operates with the foster care system. Having consistent um, staff who are trauma informed, it will go a long way to ensuring that our kids are being taken care of and their emotional needs are being taken care of. Um, practicing inclusion rather than seclusion in discipline will also go a long way. We hope this information today gives insight into the early education facilities we work with in Tennessee and can possibly provide topics for conversation with your child's daycare staff. On behalf of our speakers today, I'm Tony Horton with DCS Talks. Thank you for listening.